So on today's podcast, we're in part two of 12 Things Happy Couples Do. Stick around. Welcome to the Marriage Adventure Podcast, where the journey is the destination. It's the highs, the lows, and everything in between. Well, what's up, everybody? We hope you've had a great week, and welcome to the Marriage Adventure Podcast. We're your hosts, Daniel and Bonnie Hoover. Thanks for joining us. And you know, today is a really special day, as this is releasing today. This is our 24th anniversary. Mm, Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. They don't let you get married when you're 12 anymore. <laughs> but um, Oh, God, man. 24 years. That's crazy. That's a long time. But Our, yeah. our marriage is out of college and everything. Uh-huh. Man. Yeah, 24 years. And, you know, when we got married, um, I remember thinking this, there's never going to be I mean, I knew we would probably be signed up for better and worse, but I thought this is like bliss forever. We're mm-hmm. never going to lose this feeling. This is happy. I'm going to be happy the rest of my life because, you know, you sign up for like the fairy tales happily ever after. Mm-hmm. And um, we're I'll, so ready to get married. I mean, we mm-hmm. were just dying and we didn't really care about the ceremony or anything. We just mm-hmm. wanted to be married. And then, you know, then that moment happened and, um, uh, and then we went to school and had to learn a bunch about each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we when I think everybody does that. And, sure, yeah. And over the course of 24 years, we've experienced all of that. There has been a lot of happy. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of sad. Mm-hmm. We've experienced grief we've walked through together. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've experienced joy of having our children and all the fun things that we've gotten to do and We've gone through seasons where we were infatuated with each other, and mm-hmm. then we've gone through seasons where we needed our space, needed our space, and have been distant. And it it hasn't all been happy, happy, joy, joy. Mm-hmm. But I would say that um, if it was on a balancing scale, yeah, I think the happy would way outweigh the uh, the sad. The yeah, and even when we were in seasons that were hard, I think I was. We've been able to pull back and have perspective that. Okay, so this is not our best day, and this yeah. is not our best month or even year. But overall, I'd say there's been a lot. That I, the overarching theme, we have been happy. We've mm-hmm. been really happy. And um, and I think that's the thing. You know, with the marriage adventure, we say it's the highs, the lows, it's everything in between. Mm-hmm. The journey of marriage is the destination. Mm-hmm. There's not, you know, there's not a fixed point we're trying to get to unless it's, on my deathbed, you're we're there holding hands, you know, yeah. but and still together. But the whole, the entirety of the journey is is the destination. Yeah. It is part of it. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think now that we look back, even even looking back on the tough times, mm-hmm. the times where uh, man, we just went through whether it was infertility or losing your dad or different things like that. Um, I look back now and I just see how God carried us through it. And there's a lot of joy. Yeah. Even in remember the bad times. Yeah. You know. And, and overall there's just, um, there's a sweetness mm-hmm. and that's a good one. Um, through all the years, you know, you, you go through the different seasons and I know people talk about the seven year itch where things just get tough and you just, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, when you press through those hard times, it really brings a lot of joy 
into the times that are good mm-hmm. and uh, makes it all worth it. And um, last week we started talking about 12 things that happy couples do on a regular basis. And if you missed last week, we talked about We're not telling you. The first We're not going back six. and recapping. Nope. So you need to go back and listen to one through six if you missed that. And today we're going to be talking about six more. And we're going to be talking about six things that are six more things that happy couples do. It's now time for things I never said before I had kids. Please don't use the poopery as body spray. Seriously, people know that smell. <laughs> well, we're back and we are sitting on our back porch and uh, it's been raining a little bit and the rain's kind of s- kind of stopped a little bit, but if you hear some noises in the background, it's birds, it's rain, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. it's uh, it's turned off pretty. So all right, so on with our list. So today we're going to talk about number 7 through 12 of 12 things happy couples do. So here we go. We're going to kick it off with number 7. Again, these are not in any order. They're just Things that we saw in our marriage over the past mm-hmm. 24 years, things that we've seen in other happy marriages, mm-hmm. and that maybe we gleaned and thought, hey, we need to add that. Yeah. Uh, some of this came from Google searches, but we kind of compiled our own list. And so here's number seven. They talk about everything and about nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, they just actually communicate with each other on a regular basis. They, they talk about stuff. It's the, it's the, hey, how was your day? Oh, it was good. I ran into so-and-so today. They said hello. Or, you know, it's the that's the little nothing things, the how's the weather. But it's also the deep conversations. It's the mm-hmm. um, after the kids go to bed, let's dive into where you, where's your heart. Mm-hmm. It's the, hey, um, h- how are you after this thing happened? Mm-hmm. Talk to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And there's not a, uh, yeah, everybody's wired differently, right? So there's not a right or wrong of how much you talk. Mm-mm. How much uh, you know percentage you talk about deep things or or the day? Um, some some people don't you know talk a lot. Some people have less words. Uh, mm-hmm. Bonnie, you have less words than the average female bear. Mm-hmm. And um, probably and, um, and so most of the time I've used them up all on the kids by the time you get home. Yeah, no mm-hmm. doubt. So sometimes silence is golden, um, especially when it's shared together. But um, but but you just have this culture of communicating. Mm-hmm. You know, and so you're able to um, you're able to talk about just the stuff throughout the day, you know, and um, the type of food you like or whatever's going on. But then you're able to, like Bonnie said, really dig in and talk about your heart, you know. So um, it goes beyond like like I know when the kids get in the car after school, I'm like, how's your day? They're like, good. Right. Or you get home at dinner and they've already told me all about their day. And you're like, so how was your day? Good. I think that's a great example of how not to talk in marriage because mm-hmm. I and I don't I don't mean to kind of label uh, or blanket statement here but I think a lot of men are probably more apt to that mm-hmm. you know I know sometimes I get home at the end of the day and I'm, I'm tired man I've been talking all day mm-hmm. and I just need to defrag and I just don't feel like having to recap my entire day and uh and so my natural reaction might be huh, it went good mm-hmm. um well and I think that's a good point because a lot of wives want to hear the daily dump immediately because we're conditioned to do that with our kids. We're like, okay, tell me everything that happened Mm -hmm. at school. And we're trying to drag that out of our children. So we're conditioned to want to hear the daily dump. 
at the at the right as soon as you walk in the door. But I think it's a healthy thing to let that happen organically throughout as the night unfolds. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe as you've got something you think of, a lot of times you'll say, "Oh, I didn't tell you so and so, so and so," or you know, on my lunch break I ran into so and so, and just those conversations, letting it happen a little bit more organically. And if they those conversations haven't happened organically, then maybe dig a little at mm-hmm. at you know pillow talk time, like we said one of the yeah. things earlier was going to bed at the same time you missed that last week um if you miss it um uh, but it might come out then it's just yeah. as your head hits the pillow and um that might be a good time to have those deep conversations and sometimes i think uh, last night i think there's a great example so my dad uh, my dad's 85th birthday um uh, was this past week and uh, we went and visited him and um He's 85, and uh, he's reconciled the fact that his life is, is near the end, and we don't know when that's going to be, uh, but uh, yeah, you process a lot, and he was giving away things, um, possessions. You know, he, he opened up his shed and said, hey, you know, take what you like, and he actually said, I'm, I won't need it. I'm going to heaven. Mm. Man, that, uh, you know, that hits you when your dad says that, and yeah. um, so I got his toolbox, and I came home, and I was doing some organizing, organizing, is that how you say it? Organizing. Organizing. Yes. Out in in this little shed that we have. And um, I opened up that toolbox and the smell just took me back to when I was 12 years old. Mm -hmm. And and then you start processing life. You know, my childhood's gone. My parents live in the same house I grew up in. Very few of that looks, much of that looks, looks just vastly different and um doesn't look the same anyway uh you didn't immediately jump in you probably sensed i was you know getting a little nostalgic or or cathartic with what i was doing but uh you waited several days Mm -hmm. and then you asked me last night real casually you said um so how you doing with all that Mm -hmm. and you didn't press you didn't dig you just kind of let me and uh you know kind of share and I think that's a really good example of honoring how each other communicates. Because mm-hmm. in the moment, I didn't want to, I didn't want to talk about. It. I just really just kind of wanted to be by myself and mm-hmm. work through some stuff. And then, um, and you didn't make me. And I think if I had just said I'm good, you would have accepted that. And so, along with talking, we've got to allow each other to um, talk when we want, when we can, and when we feel like we can, and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, but we've got to be willing to open up with those heart things. At least like eventually, mm-hmm. eventually, at some yeah. point, you've got to be able to let somebody into that, let your spouse into that, so mm-hmm. that they know where your heart is. And I think that flows into this next one. So number eight is make trust and forgiveness their natural default in marriage, mm-hmm. and um, and so trust. Let's take that first. With talking, do I trust you with my heart? Mm-hmm. Do I trust, you know, do you trust me with your heart? Am I going to care? Am I going to listen? Mm-hmm. Um, so making trust and forgiveness your natural reaction and default. And that that's one of those, and we said this last week, some of these take a lot of practice. Mm. Um, and forgiveness is something that certainly takes practice and intentionality. And time. Um, because trust can be lost in a second, mm-hmm. um, and it, but it takes a really long time to build back. And that can only happen after forgiveness has happened. But I think when we can let the little things go and we can forgive those quickly, it builds a foundation for forgiving the big things mm-hmm. and um, learning to trust each other 
over time and I've, after 24 years, there's so much more trust. I mean, I thought I trusted you when we got married or I wouldn't have given you my whole life and said, mm-hmm. yes, I'm going to follow you wherever and do whatever. But um, through years of consistency and um, us both having, you know, messing up and forgiving each other and um, we, I think we've built a culture in our relationship now where if trust is the default. I, I see, I look for the best mm-hmm. and, and then try to forgive quickly if I've been hurt. And, um, that also talks, it goes back to talking. Sometimes we don't know when we've offended the other person and we've got to be willing to, to share about those things. And, mm-hmm. and then that builds trust. The communication that you have builds trust over time. And, um, and actually saying, I forgive you mm-hmm. and let's move on from that. And, and then not bringing it up anymore. God, trust is one of those things that you work and work and work and work to get. And it takes so long to get. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like saving for, I'll never forget when we got on the, um, you know, kind of the Dave Ramsey plan years and years, 20 something years ago. And we were saving for our first car. And we worked and worked and we saved and saved to pay cash for our first car for a couple of years. And um, and then we had all this cash. We were ready to put on a car and we spent, we bought the car and our bank account was at zero. And that's a, that's a great picture of trust. We, you work over years to build trust with your spouse. Even mm-hmm. if you haven't done anything to lose that trust, it takes time right. to trust each other. But yet it can be, you can deplete that bank account in one, in one wrong move. Yeah. And so you do one stupid thing. Okay. Now you're working, you're starting off, you're starting below zero. You're starting mm-hmm. negative to try to build back that trust. So you just have to be very careful and cognizant of guarding it, guarding it because it's a, it's a precious thing that you can lose. And then it takes so much time Mm -hmm. to build it back. It can be built back. Yeah. But just don't lose it. You (laughs) don't have to take that time to build it back. But let's talk about forgiveness for a minute and um, now there's the big things that you lose the trust the infidelity big big things like that 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 ginormous ginormous but what about the little things of forgiveness the little you know arguments that are kind of the molehills Mm -hmm. and then we hold on to that you know we got an argument tonight over something that really didn't matter but I got a mad at you and ticked off at you and how do we have set forgiveness up as a daily a daily recurrent occurrence. Oh, I know that in first Corinthians, we talk about the, you know, everybody knows the love chapter, but one of the things it says in there is that love keeps no record of wrongs. Mm-hmm. And that's really hard to do, but it's making a conscious choice that, you know what? I want to see the best in this. If I don't move on from this, I don't want to feel this way for days and days. And if I can wake up the next morning after that, okay, stupid thing that you said that hurt me or, um, I can hold on to that mm-hmm. and I can let it just wreck us for the next week, the next month and begin to get bitter at you for some stupid thing you did. Or I can make the choice to say, you know what, this is worth moving past this because of our, our relationships worth moving past this mm-hmm. and letting go of the little things because the more little things it, they compound if you hold on to them. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, that's biblical. God tells us to forgive as Christ forgave us. And that is a tall order. When we look at all we've been forgiven, when we see that we've been forgiven everything, 
we've been forgiven our very nature, our very condition of sin, um, of, of a sinful person, that there was this gap that kept us from God. And he was willing to forgive that even while we were his enemies. Yep, even while we were sinners. While we were sinners. And so learning to forgive like that, I think might, I mean, that takes a long time. Mm-hmm. Because our natural default is to hold on to things and use it as ammunition and to um, to be hurt. Well, if I forgive them, then I'm uh, saying that what they did was okay. No. Isn't it's that not, right? No, that's not true. I mean, if you forgive somebody, that's not letting them off the hook for what they did. But it's letting your heart off the hook from holding them responsible mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. And saying, okay, I, I can't control what they did. It hurt. It was devastating. Or the little things, that was just a stab. You know, it was a, mm-hmm. a it was a pinch. But I got to let them off the hook for that because at some point I'm going to need them to let me off the hook for something too. Yeah. And it's me letting go of that emotionally so I can move on. It's not saying that what they did was fine. It was okay. It's not. Mm-hmm. But it's allowing my heart to heal and move on and be happy. Mm-hmm. That's so. good. That's good. So number nine. Here's the next one. They, happy couples unplug from devices mm-hmm. and they give each other their undivided attention. Man, that's tough because, uh, I mean, it's tough on a um, entertainment level because there's, there's, there's games, there's social media, there's all that. But um, even a better excuse is it's tough on a work level. Mm-hmm. I mean, last night I'm getting, you know, messages, text messages, emails and all at eight o'clock at night. Because we're talking through stuff at work, and um, and some of the people sending me those don't they don't have kids at home and they've got a little more free time now, um, and so it's really hard because then if I don't respond right away, you know, mm-hmm. and so when I was growing up, my dad um, he had a briefcase, mm-hmm. and every morning he would open up that briefcase, he would put his brown paper bag with his lunch in it his sandwich and his apple something like that in it his newsweek magazine maybe a couple of pens and different papers uh, little little manila folders and he would close that suitcase that that briefcase and he would go to work he would come home i never saw him work Mm -mm. and that was before email it was before text it Mm -hmm. was before constant communication if you wanted somebody you had to call him and uh, so when he was home he was home Mm -hmm. when he was at work he was at work and that's not the world we live in anymore. So how do couples unplug from their device? I don't know. <laughs> well, it's tough. I, well, I'll say, I mean, it's, it is tough. But at the same time, I mean, we've said this before, that if you don't want people to, d- you know, dump their trash on you, don't be a trash bin. Yeah, don't, don't be let trash them. Can. In the same way, if, if we have to set those boundaries because people will constantly cross them. Yeah. It's even with work, it's up to you to say, let's talk about this tomorrow. Mm-hmm. This this isn't time sensitive. Let's cap it off. I'm home with my family now. We've talked about this since nine o'clock this morning. Let's cap it and pick it up tomorrow. Um, and that's hard to police yourself on that because you feel the pressure to to uh, respond immediately or to cave into, oh, they need this. But in 20 years... Those people may or may not even be in your life. And depending on how you shut it off with the device, the people at home may or may not be in your life. Mm-hmm. And you got to choose which is more important. I heard this illustration yesterday. This uh, 
It's really good. And, um, you know, it's like we have all these little balls we're juggling. Mm. You know, you've got work, you've got family, you've got uh, interests, extracurricular, you've got all these balls that you're juggling. And most all those balls are rubber balls. They'll bounce. If you drop them, they'll bounce back up. Mm -hmm. But your family, your marriage, and your kids, that's a glass ball. And you drop that ball, it breaks. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think that's a good thing to remember. So there's the work part of unplugging, um, but there's also the just the habitual mm-hmm. entertainment side of unplugging. Now, if we took this as you know, if we were looking at a pie chart, how much of your connected connectivity to your device when you're at home is work versus just scrolling yeah. social media is probably a lot bigger or, on the social media side. Or going down YouTube holes. Or the, YouTube following those holes, yeah. yeah. Or gaming, yeah. that's a device. So um, so even if you can unplug all of that, the work stuff probably wouldn't be a big deal. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I think your spouse might have a, unless you're a workaholic and sure. you're sacrificing your family on that altar. For, you know, I think, but in our case, I know you would be a whole lot more understanding of the work stuff if there wasn't all, any of the mm-hmm. other stuff, if I was able, un, able to unplug from that. Well, and I've called, I mean, I think we do a pretty good job of that, but I've looked around, there have been times I've looked around our living room and you've got your computer open, I've got my computer open, and the kids are looking at their Kindles, and I'm like, what are we doing? Yeah. Yeah, we're in the same room and we're not connecting at all. So it's a temptation. Yeah, and we've got to fight for that. And that's that's one of the things that happy couples do. They unplug from their devices. Um, so that was number nine. Yeah, uh, and Max, I was going to add on to oh. that. I just ordered a book this week that um, somebody threw out, uh, and I I they mentioned it in conversation. I, I went on Amazon while while I was on the Zoom call, and I ordered it. And I haven't read it yet, but I'm looking forward to it. It's called Deep Work. Rules for Focus Success in a Distracted World. Hmm. And um, so I have it. It um, it came like 10 hours later because Amazon does that. Hmm. And so I have it sitting on my desk. But it talks about that. It talks about how do you stay focused with social media and everything going. So maybe uh, mm-hmm. maybe that's a book you can read. I can't recommend it because I haven't read it yet. But it, the title and the topic sounds really good. Yeah. By a guy named um, Cal Newport. Okay. So deep work by Cal Newport. There you go. All right. So that was uh, number nine. Number 10. This is something we found out. We we learned this from your, your brother, actually. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know brother. we all take family vacations, but one thing that happy couples do is that they get away together at least once a year without the kids. Yeah. My oldest brother years ago, and um, other people might do this, but I heard him say it. They, they took um, two vacations a year. Um, he's probably in a little different tax bracket than us and can afford it or most people, but they don't have to be lavish, you know, no, vacations. No. Um, but they did one with the kids and then they did one with them. And maybe that's just a weekend away. Maybe it's just one night away. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a big, you know, lavish vacation. Um, but they got away together at least once a year. I thought that was a great idea. And that's something we've, we tried to instill. Yeah. You know. I mean, we try to do, I mean, we don't. I don't know that we've ever gone for more than, I think for one anniversary we went four nights is the longest we've ever gone. Yeah, that was on our 20th. That was four years ago. Uh-huh. But um, but we try to go for two or three nights a couple of times a year, break mm-hmm. it up maybe around January, February, my birthday. Then we try to go again in the fall. Mm-hmm. And that gives us time to refocus 100% on us. Mm-hmm. 
that whatever time has been lacking, whatever quality time that might have slipped through the cracks during quarantine, we're coming up on time to go away again now. I'm hoping that, (laughs) listen, this is our anniversary when this is releasing. So if you're listening to this on June 29th, I'm hoping that we are not at our house. I'm praying that me and you are away for a day or two. Yeah. And, um, and even if that just means taking that little RV and going to down the road, I yeah. don't care, uh-huh. parking in someone's driveway. <laughs> because we need that time. And and people are like, I can't leave my children. Your children need you to leave them sometimes. Mm-hmm. It They need to see mama and daddy are connected. Mm-hmm. Mama and daddy are the most important thing in each other's lives, even ahead of me as a child mm-hmm. I'm the most that they are the most important to each other and you're like oh but I don't want them to think that my spouse is more important they need to hear and biblically that's the correct view mm-hmm. that your spouse comes first and um, it gives them stability and security knowing that mama and daddy are connected that they love each other that mm-hmm. golly I remember <laughs> this is this is gonna sound ridiculous but I remember when I was a kid, my parents didn't fight in front of us very often. Um, I can only remember one or two times. And I remember being in the car and my mom and daddy being in a heated conversation. And I remember sitting in the back seat going, are y'all going to get a divorce? <laughs> I was so upset because I didn't see it much. Yeah. And when I did, it, I was like, and they're like, no, we're just, uh, we're just disagreeing on something. And children. Your kids fight all the time and y'all don't leave each other. Yeah, but <laughs> kids need to feel secure. Yeah. And nothing says security in, in, to a child like mama and daddy are spending time together. They're mm-hmm. going away, and they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. There's uh, My mom used to say that all the time. And, man, I, you know, there's stuff that when you get to be an adult, you realize things that your parents said are actually true. And I never understood this when I was a kid, and she said it, but she would always say, the greatest thing I can do for you boys is to love your dad. Mm-hmm. And that was very true. And um, I all the time tell my kids they're way less important than you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's kind of the running joke. Yeah, yeah. they'll ask, who do you love more, Daddy, us or Mama? And I'm like, oh, Mama, way more. And I tell them, because you're out of here in 10 years. You know, Mama, we're together forever. You well, know, so We have to see it in a proper perspective that God put us together as a family. Before we had children, we we were a, we became a family mm-hmm. when we got married. And People would always ask us that yeah. before we had kids. So when are you going to start a family? And we, um, I think we took offense to it, but we we're like, listen, we became a family when we got married. Yeah. Kids don't make a family. You bring kids into a family. And then you raise them to leave your family and yeah. make their own family to become their own new family with their spouse one day. And, um, so it's, it's really cool as we're saying this, we're sitting on our, you know, we're sitting on our back porch and, um, about 10 feet away from us to the left and to the right, we have had bird nests. Mm-hmm. So on our porch, um, we had, um, a little nest of wrens and then in this tree right next to us, to my right, um, I'm saying that like you could see it, um, there was a nest of cardinals. Mm-hmm. Now cardinals, and this may be the same for wrens, I don't know, but cardinals mate for life. Mm-hmm. And so we've got this beautiful red male cardinal and then this, um, slightly less beautiful female cardinal <laughs> and uh, for some reason in cardinal world the males are the beautiful one and um and so anyway and then they had little baby birds in there well now the baby birds are gone mm-hmm. but we still see the male and female mama and daddy flying around mm-hmm. dancing around playing around and that's a great picture yeah. of this is that you're going to bring your kids in you're going to raise them up and they're going to leave the nest mm-hmm. and it's going to happen just as quick as those cardinal babies came up and left. And, um, 
and then you and your spouse are hopefully still going to be together. So by getting away once a year at least, you're building memories together, you're building experiences together, you're recharging your batteries together, you're remembering that the kids are way less more way less important <laughs> than you thought they were. And uh, and I pray the same for your kids one day, yeah. you know, and my kids one day that when they get married, they can do the same thing. So that's a yeah. great one. So get away at least once a year together. Here's number 11. And this can happen on your once a year getaway thing is number 11. Yeah. They plan their future together. That's typically when our future plans happen. Yeah. Isn't it? Um, we'll get away. And uh, last summer, that's how this whole marriage adventure came about. Last summer, we got away. Yeah. Uh, we, we didn't do anything fancy. We took the little RV down to a state park, about 10 minutes down the road. We rolled out the awning. We're sitting there by the lake in these old, these old camping chairs. And dreaming. And dreaming. And, um, and it started with retirement and God, you know, worked back and we caught this real passion. You know, we had a passion for marriages and God gave us the idea of the podcast and writing this book and all this. And that's I didn't realize that, but all of that came out of us getting away. Yeah. dreaming our future together. But when you dream for your future, it keeps in perspective, it's going to be you and me. Mm-hmm. And as long as we're planning and I see you in that picture, we're good. Yeah. If there comes a day that I'm making future plans and you're not in it, we got problems mm-hmm. and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, and dreaming, there's just something that you spark in your heart when you dream together. It's like when you're planning your wedding. Mm-hmm. Back in the day when you were engaged and you were all this new excitement, there's this excitement around What's next? Mm-hmm. What's coming for us? And and then you, you get married and then you enter in the phase. You start thinking through, what's it going to be like to buy mm-hmm. that first house? Or what's it going to be like to have children and bring them in? I remember looking at all the houses when we were buying houses, thinking about children running around in the backyard. And we bought the house based on what we wanted it to look like with our children. And, and we didn't have them at that time. No, it's just you dream together. And mm-hmm. it there's something that's really that bonds you when you dream for your future. Yeah, it kind of goes back to our podcast we did earlier, if you haven't listened to it, on common mission, Mm -hmm. is that we develop a common mission, and that common mission lays out a a map for our life, and and typically, you know, if it's like me following a roadmap trying to drive somewhere, uh, the end destination isn't going to be where I thought Mm -hmm. I was going to, I'm pretty terrible at that. Um, But uh, but GPS has helped a lot with that. It has helped a ton, Um, but you dream those dreams together and then as God morphs those dreams to look a little differently you go through that together and man that just ties your heart so much together and bonds you back to your original mission well the journey is the destination that's right it's part of it it's that we take those those wrong turns and those right yeah. turns and the u-turns together yeah and we figure it out and, as we go and, and sometimes that's different Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I've been going full bore down, you know, these dreams for the future. And you came in and you're like, that's not really me, mm-hmm. <laughs> which means, OK, I need to back up and we need to morph these, you know. Mm-hmm. So because um, if you see me in your future, let's not do that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. So so that's great. They plan together. Uh, they plan their future together. Here's the last one. You ready? Journal. Yeah. So number 12. They listen to the Marriage Adventure podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we hope you're enjoying this podcast. Um, you know, listen, every podcast doesn't connect with everybody, but we're praying that this connects with you. And um, and not only do Happy Marriages listen to our podcast, but Happy Marriages 
listen and read voraciously and study and invest back in their marriage. Yeah, they They're, look for ways to, yes. to invest and in how can I make our relationship better? And we don't just put it on the shelf. Mm-mm. All these 12 things we've talked about, it's not something that you do one time. All right, check it off a list. Mm-hmm. These are things they, that happy couples do regularly. Yep. And I think a weekly podcast is something that or reading a book together or going to small group that, that you talk about couples stuff that you talk about your marriage. Or once every so often you have a counseling session. Yeah. There's, such a stigma on counseling but gosh it's just like taking your car to the tune-up you know i Mm -hmm. pulled into the oil change place the other day and they changed my oil and filled up all my fluids and put air in my tires and that's really what that is Mm -hmm. it's going and sitting down with a pastoral counselor or a counselor you've maybe been to before and just say hey we're doing good but you know hey what can we do better Mm -hmm. and i think that's a that that keeps the people if people would do that, they wouldn't end up in my office after mm-hmm. 15 years of not looking at it. Because it's all about intentionality. It is. We don't drift towards health. No. We right. always say, uh, it's a phrase we use around our our staff a lot, is if we don't pay attention to something, it drifts south. And um, mm-hmm. and it drifts towards, towards bad. You have to work to keep something on target. Yeah. And that's what listening to this podcast, reading books, doing other things like that is going to do. And so if it, we always say this, and you've probably heard this before on the podcast. If people would work at their marriage like we work at our you know, 401k or our investment portfolio or our fitness or anything like that, mm-hmm. and you'd be great. Yep. You'll be great. So Make you much happier. That's right. And uh, hey, let us know if there's a topic you want us to cover, you have any questions, or you just want to say, hey, you can email us at info at the marriage adventure. Thanks for joining us today. You guys stay happy, enjoy your adventure, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, then head on over to Facebook and Instagram and give us a follow. Have a great week.